Spring turkey season is upon us, and don't be caught out in the woods without having Onyx Hunt on your phone. One feature Onyx has that is often overlooked for turkey hunting is their recent imagery filter with their elite memberships. This imagery is updated week to week, and it comes in extremely handy, especially when you're trying to find these gobble zones where these turkeys will go out in a high spot on a fresh clear cut and strut around all day long. Actually, I was just looking at on Onyx where, where the timber company just came into Andrew's club and did a very small clear cut along this creek, and I can see the high spots on the topographical map, but also I can see exactly where they mulch, and those are going to be hot spots for finding gobblers, especially mid-morning after they get off their hens, getting up on these little high spots in this fresh, small clear cut along the creek and strutting and gobbling all day long. If you want to give Onyx a try, you can actually download it for free, try it for seven days, and if you decide to purchase, you can use the promo code SOUTHERN and save on your premium and elite memberships. So go into this turkey season, know where you stand with Onyx. Well, guys, we have some exciting news for you from Vortex about their brand new eyewear, their Banshee and Jackal sunglasses. Me and Andrew have had these for a few weeks now, right before the release, and we've been extremely impressed. They're awesome glasses, guys. And listen, if you're needing some new sunglasses, not only do they have the VIP warranty, but they're tough as crap, guys. Uh, Scratch-resistant eyewear, uh, it's extremely important. And also, they have safety features as well. So when you're out shooting at the range, again, these are rated glasses, so you are going to be more than protected when you're at the range. But they also look fantastic when you're out around town. So right now, Vortex has some special pricing on their website, which is vortexoptics.com for the new eyewear. But also, if you use the code SOUTHERN20, you get to save even more on this special pricing for right now at vortexoptics.com. Again, check out the new eyewear from vortexoptics.com and use the promo code SOUTHERN20 to save on their brand new eyewear. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Southern Outdoors podcast where we are struggling to get an episode together tonight because I just accidentally deleted the whole episode. So, Jacob, how are you doing? Oh, man. Hey, listen, 2.0, man. It's going to be even better this summer. Hey, that's but right. No. We, we have a chance to fix it, right? Yeah, make make it better, flow better, just all around give a better production. Here we go, Andrew. Uh, no, dude, doing good. Just got back from fishing. Uh, old Lake Gunnersville was a very good time. And uh, we are wrapping up the deer season for 2019-2020 for Alabama. And a uh, little bittersweet, man. It's like it's going out, but, man, I can't wait for it to come back in. So, Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so uh, that's kind of what we're going to be talking about. Um, 
deer season is coming to a close. This is our second deer season since we started the podcast. We're, this is actually the week that uh, that we started two years ago. So it's like our two-year anniversary as a podcast, which is great. Um, <clears throat> it's been a big deer season for us. We've added a, a lot of people. So if you came in this deer season, just know that we uh, don't stop recording podcasts. Uh, we've put out a podcast every single Monday um, since we started. Haven't missed one yet. Uh, and uh, we're going to be transitioning over to turkeys here pretty soon. So, yeah, uh, make sure you stay tuned for that. And also, uh, in turkey season, we do we actually do two programs. We do our regular episodes, which we're going to be talking turkey stuff, and it's going to be modeled kind of the same as our deer stuff, where we're talking to local guys who get it done week to week in turkey season. They hunt, you know, high-pressure public land or maybe high-pressure private or whatever, and we interview them and see how they're killing birds. Pretty much the exact same thing as we did in deer season, but with turkeys. Uh, and then, Jacob, you want to do a quick rundown of the strut report? Yeah, and then we have the strut report, which is uh, something this will be the second season we've done it, which is really kind of exciting. Actually, is it the second season we've done it, or is it the third? They all running together now, but oh, anyways. This it, is our third turkey season. Dude, it is our third turkey season. Oh, Holy have mercy. Cow. That is crazy. Um, so this will be the third year we've done the strut report. And what this is, the strut report is a second show that normally will, it'll drop on a Thursday. And what it is, I try to interview between four to eight guys a week, uh, very short interviews, on what the turkey activity is like in their region of their state. And I try to cover... You know, I try to cover five to eight states a week uh, just so guys can get an idea, especially throughout the country, but also in the deep south, on what's happening in their part of the state when it comes to what's working for certain guys and what's maybe not working. So, you know, for all the weekend warriors out there, when you get out there, you know, the episode drops on Thursday, you know, Thursday morning, you can listen to it on the way to work. Also can finish up on Friday. So by that weekend, by Saturday, Hopefully you have an idea of what's been working, what's not been working for some guys, and maybe that can help you out quite a bit on that weekend hunt. Uh, so hopefully that's kind of the goal again for this year. Uh, we're going to kick it off, and uh, hopefully that'll kick off um, probably getting towards the end of February um, as guys are really trying to get ready to go for uh, some of these states that open quite early. But it's going to be exciting, so I'm pumped for the start report, so y'all stay tuned for that as well. But, Andrew, what else we got going on for uh, this week's episode? So, we're going to be basically going over deer season. We're going to talk about uh, basically, I mean, the whole deer season. All the different guys we had on, the listener success stories, kind of some patterns that we might have noticed. Basically, we're going to attempt to take all of the best stuff that we talked about this deer season and kind of, uh, like, kind of render it down, do like a little recap here at the end. Um, Especially now that that me and you have an entire season under our belt, you know, with all this stuff that we've talked about with all these different guests. And then also we have all, all the listeners out there who have had success and, and wrote in. Uh, so I think that we have a pretty good perspective on, like, you know, what's been going on in, in southern hunting this year and, and what's been really working for folks. So hopefully we can kind of culminate all that. And I say it's been a big year for the podcast because we've grown a lot, but really that's not that's not all. I mean – you know, you start. We started a hunting podcast because there wasn't what we felt anything that related to us very well in the South. There was some Southern content out there, not much on public land, definitely nothing devoted to like 100% public land. So there wasn't anything that really, really like mixed well with what 
the exact kind of stuff we were doing, which is basically why we started it. Because I think that me and you both, Jacob, kind of started out like a, pretty much on our own on public land. And, I mean, that's a very difficult thing to do. So the whole point of this is to make it easier for people to get good information on how to have success, specifically in the South. Because, you like, you really just can't take Midwest tactics and use them down here and expect them to work consistently. And the reason this deer season was so big, I think, is because... You know, we've had listener success stories in the past, you know, last year and and then turkey season. But, dude, the listener success stories blew the hinges off this fall. We had a lot of them. Like, we need to try and go back and count how many we got, but it was a bunch. Well, the funny thing is there's actually even more so. I'm I'm finding out as I talk to guys on social media that guys are like, oh, yeah, dude, like, just tell me that some episode on the podcast helped them, like, locate and find and kill a certain deer but they never like send us a message on it and i'm like are you freaking kidding me like send us some stuff on it because i want to i want to see what happened mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it blew me away i mean there you know, this it, it's hard to describe it you know for all the listeners out there of like especially like what i feel but really what we both feel when someone tells us that the show our show helped them and the guests that we had on helped them you know have a year better than anything they've ever had in the past. And we've had multiple guys tell us that, that because of this, they were able to have unbelievable success that they never thought was really possible, especially for some newer guys, uh, newer hunters, which is, I mean, extremely exciting. And to be honest, that's what gets me pumped up. I mean, I love seeing people that can listen to this, relate with the content and then go out and implement it and go have success. I mean, that is, that's huge. Um, you know, to me, that makes it all worth it. Cause again, we make, absolutely zero money other than a little bit of money off youtube off this freaking show um it's it's humbling when you see guys actually go out there and have success from something that we've been doing for going on two years now uh, which is you know super exciting yeah for sure man It, it definitely it definitely makes you like take a step back you're like whoa it's actually working i mean it's like exactly what we set out to do and it's working so that's definitely definitely awesome it's definitely a like a what do you call it like a labor of love or whatever uh like doing the show every week like i love doing it don't get me wrong uh but man sometimes like you know like what we're doing right now it is 10 41 on sunday night got monday morning coming up and uh here we are doing this but it's what we love to do man it's a it's a it's all worth it because it's what we like to do so anyways um let's start breaking down this deer season man I had uh, the best deer. This is this is no doubt the best deer season I've ever had. I killed four deer this year. I killed a nice buck with a bow, uh, but that's not necessarily the entire reason it was a great year. Really, the reason for me that this has been such a good year is the fact that pretty much every year for the last six years or whatever, however long it's been since I started hunting public, I'll usually have one encounter every year with like a good buck like a whatever like maybe a mature buck maybe he's not mature but he's what i consider like a like a big buck i guess uh like a pope and young type deer and every year i've had one encounter and looking back over the years a lot of those encounters i've had were pretty much random or pretty much luck this year i'll have to go back and count but i had probably um uh, let me think maybe six or seven 
encounters with like nice bucks this year uh and i don't feel like really any of them are random um maybe one of them actually now that i think about it but i mean i I just saw more mature big deer in the woods than i've ever seen before in my life especially on public land so uh just as far as sightings go obviously i didn't kill like some giant buck this year i killed a decent buck but nothing giant uh but just like putting myself in the situation to be able to see them and have a chance at them a few times it definitely was nice and if i i know that if i keep it up and i keep putting myself in those situations then i'm gonna eventually get one you know Mm-hmm. so yeah no what, I'm, what, I'm, right th- I'm right there with you what about you well i mean started off the season freaking insane with that tennessee hunt in august um shot almost doubled thought we well thought we doubled just turned out my shot wasn't very great um shot a 135 inch nine point at about 60 yards off the ground uh in the neck in a soybean field on some public and uh unfortunately it was not a lethal neck shot um but yeah so started off with that and uh from that point on pretty much hunted tennessee from opening week of Tennessee I mean pretty much until almost Alabama came in I, I think I made three trips up there uh, the first one I went I believe I went with uh, Jacob Jacob Emery once the main season came in and we both had you know really good buck encounters I had a freaking giant come by me huge deer 25 yards and my phone cost me that well <laughs> my phone and also my ADD um or just this lack of self-control on my phone uh, had him walk right through a, a wide open, you know, huge shooting lane on that creek bottom and uh, just walked out of my life. He he saw a really good deer after that as well and also two bucks sparring. Uh, made a couple other trips up there and really wasn't able to locate any other good deer uh, on the next two trips up there, which is, you know, kind of is what it is. Um, but Alabama, dude, was pretty freaking awesome. Um, you know, I've killed four deer this year. Uh, nothing really to write home about. Um, but the, the the cool thing was is I learned so much, especially early season, um, you know, hunting that one piece of public that it was our second year to ever hunt it. Um, and it was uh, you, me, Michael, and, and Tyler dude just kind of learning more about that place and that was the place where you actually shot your doe uh the first day of the season mm-hmm. you know it got me so excited for this coming year of like what we learned in in the short two weeks we were there kind of hunting and when we could kind of going back for this coming year dude it's got me so excited for it um but you know we had that going on and pretty much from then on you know, it's kind of sparse, just, you know, activity on, on some things and like, you know, seeing some good deer. I really didn't see my next, I've only saw, I've only seen, I'm trying to think, in Alabama, it's kind of coming off the cusp. I think the only other really good buck I'd seen in Alabama this year was that last one that I shot at uh, a couple weeks ago uh, down in South Alabama on some public which that was a that was another really really great deer really good deer um and this shot right i mean just just i mean skipped it off the top of his back with my bow which is what it is <clears throat> but um no dude it, it was a good year it, it was definitely a good year definitely 
feel like I could have closed out on more opportunities than what I, you know, did. Uh, definitely could have easily tagged out in Tennessee if I would have shot the first buck that came through uh, the day when that giant came through. But, you know, just this stuff like that, just kind of looking back at it, like maybe I could have done some things different uh, and just kind of learn from that. I mean, definitely, you know, I'm super excited to hunt in Tennessee this coming year. Excited to get back in Alabama um, and really kind of excited about maybe planning some other trips um, this year as well. But over and overall, you know, the biggest thing I kind of got away from it was or got out of this season is just, man, hunt thick. I mean, it, sometimes I say it and then I absolutely don't do it and go hunt a pretty little hardwood drainage and don't see crap. And then I go back and I'm like, okay, hunt thick, Jacob. Jesus, just, just get back <laughs> in that thick crap. Just get out of this stuff. And uh, yeah, just try to try to do that because I think all the listener all the listener success stories that we've had, you know, pretty much all of them had to do with the guy going in hunting thick, and you know, using tactics from maybe another episode to kind of go in there and kind of make it all happen. And that's the biggest thing, dude. I mean, get in there thick and just and just understand that you're not gonna be able to shoot every day that comes by you. But hopefully you're going to be in the right spot at the right time to be able to shoot that deer when he does, you know, slip up by you. So, um, I mean, I don't know. Like, kind of, I know you've had a really good year this year, but is there anything that you would have changed or anything you would have, like, learned maybe, like, earlier on in the season to kind of make it more efficient? Ooh, definitely the hunting thick stuff is was the big difference maker for me. Uh as soon as I started hunting thick, I started seeing a lot more deer. And I, even early season, I was having success seeing deer, but it really didn't start getting good until like kind of that December time frame, December till basically right now. Um, man, I don't know if I would really do anything different other than that one buck that I screwed up on uh, where he got right up underneath me. I would <laughs> do that different. But, uh, yeah, I... I don't know. All, all I'm going to say is I'm glad that I learned everything that I learned this year. Uh, and like the, I feel like the process I went through this year, I can look back and really take a lot away from this season. Uh, and I'm just excited to head into next season with everything I got from this year. Because um, I think that having like a full season, kind of especially coming off having such a good year this year, going into next year, knowing everything I know now, I feel like next year is going to be even better. Yeah, then I'm right there with you. And I think a lot of listeners can kind of agree with that too. Um, you know, there was so much that's happened this year that, you know, was all like learning experiences, but definitely kind of applying a lot of the stuff until next year of like, okay, where do we find deer this year? How can we remap that up for this coming year? You know, what's going to change? What's going to stay the same? You know, I'm kind of excited to see how that turns out, um, especially, you know, it's kind of like what we found. You know, with deer, you know, liking certain aged pines uh, or just old cutovers and trying to use that to your advantage, you know, I want to see how that's going to play out next year as well. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but, oh, man. I'll tell you one thing we were talking about is all these different guests, and there's a couple that stood out for us. And right before I ruined the last episode, we were talking about Josh Driver's episode. And I was saying that uh, if, like, you – like the one word that really stands out from Josh Driver's episode for me was just the word diversity. 
and that if you take that word and apply it to what you're doing in your deer hunting strategy, it can make a really big difference because that's, um, I mean, where you, uh, shot that 10 point not long ago where all this action has been going on for the last couple of weeks, just like unbelievable hunt after hunt after hunt, dude, just great hunts. All that came from Josh driver's episode where he was talking about diversity and I'm looking at this area, and we know that there's bucks there. We know that there's deer there, but we don't know where they are, if that makes sense. We had a camera there, got like eight different bucks on camera in the middle of the night, and we're like, where are they? And uh, right around that same time is when we did Josh Driver's episode, and I re-listened to it, and he kept talking about diversity. I'm like, I'm just going to go find diversity and go sit on it. And that's what I did, and instantly, that same day, saw a bunch of deer and kept going back uh, me and Mark kept going back and continued to see deer over and over and over and over again. I don't think we had a hunt where at least one of us didn't see a deer. Uh, so I was saying earlier, like, you know, if you were just going to apply one thing, like one very basic thing to like change your scouting or whatever, you could look at, uh, you know, map scouting. If you're not sure where to go, look for different cover types meeting, different woods types meeting, uh, where you have that like diversity of different kinds of cover and go check that out and a lot of times you're going to find good stuff there especially and uh, you know the thicker the better uh that for me like if i would if i would have changed one thing earlier on i would have been doing that more like hunting that diverse that more diverse cover for sure yeah i think you know pretty much any any good southern hunter that i've known you know they always focus on diversity but they don't don't, i've never really heard them call it diversity Mm -hmm. i mean uh, it's like the the way i explain it is you know kind of growing up you know my uncles are the ones that got me into you know deer hunting and you know they'd always talk about you know one of them in particular would always talk about you know finding these little hardwood drainages with white oaks in them they ran up all up in these in these pines you know what no it doesn't matter how old the pines are but like finding those little drainages hardwood drainages that would run up in those pines and finding the point of them where the deer would cross from one side of the pines to the other side of pines but go through that drainage and that's where they would kill a lot of deer especially during bow season Mm -hmm. and um you know using stuff like that i feel a lot of guys have already probably thought about the whole diversity thing but they haven't thought about it in the way that josh talks about it and finding like compounding features with diversity and how that can be efficient for you when you know what to look for on the maps uh you know finding those places where there's three four five different you know you know diverse terrain edges that all come together in a spot and then have a compounding terrain feature whether it's a saddle a point a bench uh you know a a crow's foot a low crow's foot you know, something like that that can make that spot even better. So when you go in, you know, everything is in your advantage. You know, all, all the odds are, are in your favor as long as you can get in clean. And, uh, yeah, dude, I think diversity is huge. I think if more guys pay attention to that even more so than probably what they're doing now, uh, I think they'd find more deer for sure. Because uh, th- that's the one thing that, you know, you can always find deer is find that diversity. Now, I'll say this. You know, Andrew, if if you were a guy and you were hunting a place where it was, you know, pretty monotonous, you know, terrain and habitat, whether it's, 
you know, staining pines or just staining hardwoods, what kind of diversity would you look for in those areas where it's pretty monotonous, at least on an aerial photo? Ooh, dude, I would say, I mean, like anything that's different. Like if it's a, like we're talking about doing this, well, we are doing our upcoming event uh, at Oak Mountain State Park on March 7th, which you'll hear more about at the end of the episode. But like I've been map scouting like Oak Mountain State Park for like a little scouting workshop we want to do. And it is entirely hardwoods. Like there's nothing else there except just like mature kind of climax woods which are i mean it's just like oaks and hickories and and that kind of stuff uh there's no cutovers and when i was looking at that i was like you know what the only thing i can think to do in here is find something that is like different even if it's like very subtly different and that was like looking for like little patches of pine trees here and there within that stuff and there's also like these like rock glades that you can see on the map where you can see like exposed rock on the side of the mountain I would, I would go check that stuff out. I haven't been there, like, to go look at it to see if there's actually stuff there, but that's that's what I'm going to do if, if we end up doing the scouting workshop there. Yeah. And I was going to say, you know, other things someone can look at, because I think that could be a question that comes up for some guys, especially if they have a lease or something that's, you know, pretty monotonous on whatever it is. You know, if you got some kind of drainage or creek that runs through there or any kind of water system, you know, you're going to have edges you know different terrain like habitat edges are along that water um where you might not see it from aerial view but boots on the ground you you might have privet you know privet thicket down there in the creek or something that you can't see from aerial view that those deer are using those edges um and and other just you know um vegetation types that you can't see from aerial photos because underneath the canopy of the trees but it can create edges in those areas and also Property boundaries. Uh, I, I guess I'm trying to think who was the one talking about property boundaries. Oh, it was um, again uh, Eric McGee, South Carolina, talking about property boundaries and how you can find diversity and stuff in those areas because people are always cutting. Property owners are always doing. You know, they're all always managing their properties a little bit different. And there's normally a fire break, at least in the southeast. There's a fire break around a lot of those property boundaries, mm-hmm. uh, which can tr- create an edge that deer will want to work. Uh, so that's something else that you can kind of check out and focus on. But, dude, yeah, you know, diversity in edges definitely is something that, you know, I'm going to focus on even more this coming year, which I try to focus on every year. But it's like finding the compounding features is something I want to focus on more so. Like edges is awesome. Diversity is awesome. But when you have like the diversity with a compounding terrain feature, like a saddle bench, you know, uh, crow's foot, something like that, that's the area that I want to try to focus on and find those places. Because I feel like that is just like, a you know, money in the bank, just get in, get out cleanly and go kill some freaking deer in those areas. Um, that's how I killed my so, buck. You know, stuff, yeah, so... Stuff like that's, you know, kind of freaking exciting um, mm-hmm. when it comes down to it. Yeah. But. Yeah, dude, my buck was on the, that my buck was on the edge of uh, hardwoods and like that seven-year-old really thick cutover type stuff. And there was a, a bench right there that kind of wrapped around the hill. And then there was a draw that ran into that bench. And I like, so there's a bunch of different stuff coming together right there in that one exact spot where I killed the deer at. So. Yeah, there's definitely a lot to that for sure, um, but dude, there there were so many guys we talked to this year that had success in so many different ways that 
it's hard to pick one one certain thing out that is going to work for everybody. Uh, but, I mean, if you were just going to slap a label on it and say, like, broadly, hey, here's something that seems to be working really well, it's definitely hunting the thick cover. I mean, for sure. And then to up the odds, you know, hunt that diversity and hunt those compounding features where you're just finding a bunch of good stuff coming together at once. And then another thing we talked about was, like, the fresh sign, right? Yep, yeah, hot sign, tracks, and... You know stuff like that. That's you know just putting the you know the ball on your side of the court. If you can find all that in these areas where you get the diversity and also the thick you know thick cover, you know that's, that's you're gonna have a win-win again if you can find that stuff. So yeah, dude, the fresh sign is huge. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's uh, one thing that worked for me really well over this last month as we've been kind of doing the last leg of the rut. That at least the last leg that we're hunting of the rut here in Alabama was you know we knew that the deer were in this area we knew the bucks were in here and there's there's kind of buck sign everywhere it seemed like um and i quit paying so much attention to like the buck sign and how fresh it was i mean obviously i wanted to know it was there i wanted to see it um but at the end of the day i'm like you know what that's not like you know he could have done that rub last week and that doesn't really help me if it was last week because everything's so random right now and so I just started looking for tracks, and I was literally setting up based 100% solely off fresh tracks in an area. And it worked amazingly well for me. I mean, I saw deer every single time, saw a couple really nice bucks that I definitely would have liked to have shot. You shot a nice buck, uh, you skimmed his back. I mean, it, it, it worked really well for us. Just something very simple like looking for literally just tracks in the mud or whatever, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, I've I've also had a hunt this year where I try to set up on a place that had, you know, a bunch of tracks and, and, you know, a worn-out trail like that and didn't have any luck, um, which, you know, made me think it was was an entrance route for like a – it would have been a really good morning spot I hunted in the afternoon uh, on the downside of – downwind side of, um, you know, probably like some seven-year-old pines. But – you know, I think that can, you know, play a huge factor for a lot of guys, especially if you're just trying to have more confidence in the way you hunt with finding that hot sign, that fresh sign, especially tracks. I mean, there's not much fresher sign you can get than a track, other than maybe some fresh droppings, and it tells you that there's deer in the area, um, especially whether if you're hunting, you know, close to bedding or food source. So, well, especially food source. I mean, if you find a hot oak tree like right now you know if you find some good water oaks right now you'd probably be all over some deer and uh you know finding you know one of those places where it looks like you know a tiller's been up underneath that tree from the deer paw on the ground and uh you know find those droppings in those tracks i mean those places are just god man places like that get you excited because you don't really know especially late in the season you don't know what's going to come by you know it might be a group of does or it might be a big old buck that comes by just wanting you know feed a little bit um, but yeah, dude, hot sign is, is absolutely key. And again, a lot of listeners, we've had a ton of listener success stories, you know, kind of basing off certain episodes that, uh, have really helped them out, uh, this year. And, you know, definitely the biggest one's probably going to be, I'd say Glenn Solomon's episode. You can just hunt thick cover, uh, episode 116. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that definitely was huge for a lot of guys. You know, Josh Driver's episode 141 was a really big one. Uh, Adrian Farley's 125, I believe, was another big one. Jeff um, Allen. That helped a lot of guys. 
yeah, Jeff Homan, 122, uh, backtracking bucks with trail cameras. Uh, there was a few guys that had quite a bit of success doing that, both on public and private. I know a lot of guys that had success on it on private land. Um, there's a ton of success stories coming in this year, which is, you know, blowing us out of the water. You know, it's something that, you know, we're very appreciative of to get these stories that shows that, you know, the, the content we're producing, the guys that we get on the show, you know, have been helping you all. Uh, you know, it's it's something that gets us really excited, gets us kind of fired up because, you know, it's it's one way we can kind of see that, you know, the efforts that we put into the show is actually making a difference uh, for some of you out there, which is, again, awesome. So, Yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt. And we'll take it and we'll roll it right into turkey season, do the same thing in turkey season, hopefully. So get a bunch of dudes on who know how to kill stuff and run with it. Um, Man... I'm like, <laughs> like, I hate to see deer season go, but in a way, I'm like, ah, time to relax, <laughs> do a little bit of crappie fishing like you've been doing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was good to go fishing, dude. Um, but, you know, I'll say the one thing about deer hunting, and I mean, turkey hunting is kind of the same way. Um, you know, it can be, you can make it more of a task. And, and more complicated than where really what it should be, and really kind of take the fun out of it at sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's to be honest, dude. One reason why I like to take a break from all of it and just go fishing because it's so simple. I mean, crop fishing, it's so simple, dude. And it's just like the simplicityness of it, <clears throat> you know, just relaxing kind of just gets me revived and, and re amped up to you know get back out there and you know go turkey hunting or go deer hunting, whatever. Um, Especially when times are, you know, it kind of, it kind of, it feels like it's getting old just because you've been doing it forever. How long the season's been? I mean, we talked about, you know, we've been hunting. I've been hunting literally since late August for deer until now, and that's ridiculous. That's um, like six months, isn't it? I don't. Know, you t- you tell me. I mean, pretty much. Uh, I don't. I don't know. You guess you could count August, but really. You know, September, October, November, December. Yeah, I mean, you're coming on um, six months, dude. I mean, that's that's a that's a long time to be. That's a lot deer of freaking hunting. deer hunting, man. That's a lot of deer yeah. hunting. <laughs> but, so, yeah. Hey, that, hey. But, there's another thing though that you mentioned is kind of the overanalyzing, overthinking of it. Uh, man, do I think that's a downfall of mine. Like overanalyzing, and I feel like when I go back to just simple stuff, is just like common sense stuff. That's when I have my best success like oh i'll tell you one thing i'll tell you two things that made a big difference for me this year is midway through the season i started doing this thing where i didn't want to wake up and like go in blind in the mornings anymore because it just wasn't working out for me so i would just sleep in and not go in until like you know mid-morning or so or maybe midday and give myself plenty of time to like kind of still hunt my way in and really look around and analyze the situation and put myself in a really good spot. And to, and to go along with that, on a lot of hunts this year where I was doing that, you know, walking through the woods, I just want to be like, you do not have to get in a tree today. You can relax. If you do nothing but scout today, it'll be a good day. Like, you'll be a worthwhile trip to the woods. So I literally would have to, like, preach that to myself walking in the woods, like, don't get in a hurry don't rush if you do everything right you know 
it'll be a good day. You're going to find some good deer sign. You'll probably kill a deer if you do everything right today. Uh, and just give myself plenty of time and not put that pressure on me like, oh, I have to get to right here and get in that tree. I mean, just taking it slow and really reading the sign and analyzing stuff, uh, that was kind of a night and day difference for me. I mean, that made a, a pretty big difference immediately, uh, just slowing down and taking your time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I agree, um, especially on those afternoon hunts, dude. If you can get in by, you know, 11 o'clock for one of those afternoon hunts, dude, I, I always feel so confident if I can get in an area that I know there's a deer there, but, you know, I have plenty of time to kind of ease through and just find, like, the perfect setup, the perfect tree, and, uh, you know, really put the time in for it. And that can be that can be huge, especially if someone has the time that to, to do that. Uh, that. That's the biggest thing, you know. If you're going to hunt all day, or you're, you know, you have limited time, you know, you want to try to hunt as much as possible, so you're going to try to get up in the morning and then do something in the afternoon or sit all day. Uh, but, yeah, like you said, like getting out, you know, mid-morning and, and hunting, you know, till dark is awesome, especially when you, you know, work's been tough on you or whatever and you're trying to maybe want to get a little extra sleep in um, before you need to get out there. That can be definitely a, a morale booster for sure. Oh, for sure, so. man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It happened that one hunt where you uh, you missed that little doe real bad uh, sometime in December. That that was the turning point for me because I went in blind that day, and I'm notorious for, like, doing stupid things when I go in blind before daylight. And I just, like, bumbled through the woods, and I got, like, I somehow walked into this thicket, and I got, like, stuck in a bunch of briars, and I was, like, so angry, and I didn't get set up till like, way after light. And I was like, I'm not doing this again. Like, I'm just, I'm not going to do it again. So I literally was, like, sacrificing morning hunts, not because I don't think a morning hunt can be productive. I mean, I've killed a bunch of stuff on mornings it was more just like i would rather go in when i can actually see and take my time and like get set up in an actual good spot and pick out the right tree because another thing is i might get myself into the right area but i always pick the wrong tree before daylight it seems like every time just because i can't really analyze what's going on in the area i'll say that's one advantage also going in at gray light if you're willing to do that Adrian Farley talks about that, going in at gray light, not using a flashlight, and then doing it to find the right tree. Um, but, you know, all that can, you know, I think anybody, you just got to find what works for you. You know, what works for one guy probably won't work for you. You know, you have to try different things out and see what do you do or what can you do to give yourself confidence when you're hunting the woods. Because, you know, whether it's scent control, whether it's you're using ozonics, whether it's, um, you know, you got to have the brand new, fastest, most lightest weight bow, whatever. Whatever makes you confident when you go in the woods, just stick with it. You know, confidence is huge. And, and having confidence in your equipment and what you're doing tactics-wise is going to help you be more successful. And that was one of the biggest things that I covered with Richard Fott uh, this year and last year. Uh, episodes we've had them on is you know hunting with confidence you know if you can't hunt with confidence dude i mean you're not going to stick with anything long enough to actually you know put in enough time for it to actually work for you so you know you're going to be bounced around from one thing to another and nothing's going to work uh so you know find something that you can stick with and hunt with confidence with it it's kind of like with calling you know you know i've told um adrian farley i was on the phone with him quite a bit this fall 
about how I have no, I don't have much confidence at all calling. Uh, you know, it sounds cool, it looks cool, whatever, but it's like I feel like I'm doing more harm than good. And where he's completely the opposite, you know, he loves the call and he's got the confidence to do it and he has success doing it. Again, I've never had success calling because I don't have confidence doing it. Um, so it's just something to kind of stick with and kind of live by. I mean, dude, you know, anything, especially when it comes to hunting, I think confidence can definitely make or break uh, a season for you. Uh, especially if you start off kind of slow, especially like like you're missing deer or, you know, just having bad opportunities whatever, you know, and you kind of lose confidence in yourself or lose confidence in your equipment, uh, dude, that can ruin somebody in a heartbeat. So don't let that happen to you. I mean, God. Um, but, man, we got to see if you can hunt with a recurve next year, man. You need to get out there and start dabbling, sling some arrows at 50 yards again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so we went to the venue where we're going to have this event. Um, we were – goofing off with the recurve and jacob was draining them at 50 man just draining them he wasn't hitting the bullseye but he was hitting the target and that's good enough right yeah i was gonna <laughs> say not hitting the bullseye at all but like yeah just making it on you know put it on the on the target is is good enough and dude freaking oh my god i don't know arrow's probably 15 feet off the ground at its peak arch in the trajectory before it hit that target Oh, it's yeah. a 40 pound limb and about a 690 grain 700 grain arrow yeah so, the video that's hilarious it. dude your arrow is like so high up in the air like that arc on that thing is ridiculous but but yeah we uh we finalized the details on our event that we're doing it's called bows and brews uh it's basically exactly what it sounds like we're gonna have a bow shoot it's gonna be at oak mountain state park in uh what is that, Pelham, right? Yep. Yeah, Oak Mountain's technically in Pelham. So, uh, Oak Mountain State Park, Pelham, Alabama. It's going to be March the 7th. So, it'll be, you know, before turkey season starts. Um, it's going to start at, what would we say, 11 a.m. and go until the park closes, which is going to be 6 o'clock p.m. that time of year. Uh, we're going to do a archery shoot. We're going to try and do some giveaways, maybe a competition. We're going to do a live podcast, which will be fun. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a good time. It's going to, you're, you're allowed to have alcohol there. So, you know, you can have beer. Just don't like shoot, I guess, and drink beer at the same time. Uh, <laughs> well, so you post you post that. So how are you supposed to be drinking a beer while shooting your bow? I don't see how that would work very well. Like, can you get three? Do you get three arms? I don't know. You got one of those beer drinking hats. You know, you put the beer. Oh, I, I thought, <laughs> dude, I thought about. It. I thought that'd be pretty sweet. But there you go. There you go. so, hey, explain. Ex, also, explain. So, hey, explain for us. Explain like the whole gear corner thing because I think that's gonna be pretty cool for a lot of guys. So, explain like kind of like what's our thoughts on that and like kind of how that's gonna work so people can come and try out a bunch of different things. Yeah. So, uh, so sorry, it's late. Um, the gear corner is going to be this thing where I think people are going to really like this. A lot of the stuff that's popular nowadays, especially with the kind of stuff that we do, the public land stuff, the mobile hunting stuff, a lot of the gear that we talk about and a lot of us use are, is not gear you can like go to Academy and get because it's more, it's more like specialized than that. The market's not as big. There, there's not as many mobile hunters as there is guys that sit in ladder stands. So it doesn't make sense for like Academy to carry like quote unquote mobile hunting stuff. Uh, 
So we're basically going to have a gear corner where there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that you're not going to be able to get your hands on unless you buy it or know someone who has it. So for instance, at this gear corner, we're going to have um, tethered saddle, arrow hunter saddle, trophy line saddle, uh, three or four different saddle platforms, a couple of different climbing methods, including Shakara sticks, lone wolf custom gear sticks, wild edge steps, bullman steps, regular lone wolf sticks, uh, all kinds of crap. Honey, Do hunting bee sticks. Hunting bee sticks. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of first light gear there you can check out. Uh, we're going to have our Kafaru packs. And then also we're asking people who are coming to the event, so you guys, uh, if you know if you're coming and you got like a cool piece of gear that you want to bring that you know people can't necessarily get their hands on every day, then bring it and we'll demo it and you know you know you can let people check it out and you can check out other people's stuff and it should be something really helpful especially this time of year where you know we shift from actually deer hunting to kind of looking at our gear from last year and, and tweaking it and and kind of making adjustments to how we want our our gear sets to be for this upcoming fall so it'll be a really good opportunity to kind of come in and and check out some stuff that you wouldn't get to check out otherwise that sum it up pretty good yeah oh yeah no that was perfect i think um that right there alone will be an awesome opportunity for a lot of guys just so you can check out a lot of these products before you spend your hard-earned money on them and we understand that because you know a lot of these you know a lot of the gear for the mobile hunter is not cheap by any means um, so it's going to be a good opportunity for you to come out and actually try stuff out yourself, get your own personal opinions on it, and um, you know be able to kind of demo it, which will be exciting. So I, I'm I'm very excited about the whole gear corner aspect uh, for the for the event. Uh, yeah. Plus the event's going to be free, so it's going to be you know kind of easy to come to. Just got to make sure you're RSVP uh, on the page. Which I think we just probably ought to share that again uh, Monday, yeah. Just so everybody can kind of you know make plans to be able to kind of get that you know get that on their schedule. Yeah, so. yeah, we'll definitely share it again. So you go to our page on Facebook and you go under events and it's listed there. Uh, and if you're going to come, please RSVP to that. We're also talking about trying to do a scouting workshop. It's still up in the air, but we'll give more updates on that. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a good time. Uh, that gear corner is gonna be awesome, especially I will say, like coming from me and Jacob, who've you who we both used a bunch of different like saddles and climbing systems and platforms and what have you. I I would definitely recommend if you're looking at getting a saddle or climbing sticks or whatever, definitely come to this and check out the gear corner because there's there's differences in gear. Like if you're looking at climbing sticks. And let's say you're looking at like uh, Lone Wolf Custom Gear, Hunting Beast, or Shakara Sticks from Out on a Limb. Like, uh, I'll definitely say you should probably come and put your hands on all of them before you buy one. Because there's things about each of them that, you know, you might like, you might not like. Like, you, you might like the, the simplicity of the beast stick where there's no moving parts. Or you might, you know, dislike on the Shakara that you have to like, you know, turn this knob and do all this stuff. Or you might love the Shakara because it is way smaller than every other climbing stick on the market. Uh, so I would, de man, definitely recommend coming out and putting your hands on this stuff because it'll save you, hopefully, some some time. Like if you buy something and you're like, man, I don't know about it, and then you sell it, and then you buy something else, and it's like this whole process. So, so come to the event; that'll be fun. Uh, 
The only thing you'll have to pay is to get into the park because it's a state park. Uh, I think it's like five dollars. Me and Tiffany went. Oh, all three of us went the other day to check it out, and it was like five bucks to get in, right? Yep. 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 Five bucks to get in. Super easy. And uh, hang out all day if you want, or just stop on by for an hour or two, and then skedaddle. No big deal. Um, but yeah, and then also, dude, I think we actually have some people actually surprisingly enough coming in from out of state for the event and they're actually wanting us to all get together whoever wants to come out after the event so you know we we'd leave by you know 5 30 6 o'clock um you know go actually out to a, a bar someplace local in like the hoover area uh, or maybe pelham area but definitely probably hoover area and kind of all get together that night uh, so that might be something else we might try to do as well. Since I've already had two different guys ask us about that because they're asking about Airbnbs and uh, hotels and everything. Oh, so. dude, that's freaking awesome, dude. Dude, that's cool, man. So. Thank, thank y'all for who are coming out of state. That's pretty. That's awesome. It's gonna be a good time. It's gonna be a really, really good time. And this is like gonna be kind of a. This isn't like a kind. It's it's not like hey, come meet us. It's like. It's kind of a social event kind of thing where this podcast we want to do, we want to really include you guys in the podcast where, you know, we can, it, it's more, it's not like a, how do I put it? It's not like a Q and A. It's like a, it's like a discussion amongst, you know, everyone who wants to be a part of it, I guess. So we're going to try and have like a, like an extra microphone and have some of you guys weigh in on stuff, especially if we can get some of our past guests there. Um, I know Adrian Farley's confirmed that he's coming. So, you know, you'll get to talk to Adrian and ask him about what he talked about in our podcast, ask him about how his year went and any other questions you might have for him about deer hunting. Uh, it'll be a really good opportunity to do that. And then hopefully a couple other past guests can come. But, uh, yeah, dude, it's going to be it's gonna be a great time. It's going to be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I can't wait for it. Yeah, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, you know, it goes well for us and then, you know, we can make this a yearly thing. So, you know, that's kind of big hopes, but let's, let's kind of get this ball rolling. Also just let everybody know. Uh, so you, that's going to be on March the 7th. Um, we're going to be up in Nashville. I guess it was the 14th and the 15th of February for the NWTF show. So I know we've had a couple of listeners, uh, you know, reach out to us about that wanting to meet up with us, either pick up a hat, uh, or just come and hang out. So we're going to be up there as well. Recording a bunch of shows, but, you know, if you're going to be at the show, you know, hit us up and we'll see if we can meet up and either maybe grab a beer after the show or just maybe hang out at the show for a little bit in between recording. So, um, we got that going on. Let's see what else we got going on, uh, you know, relatively uh, in the next few weeks or so. Um, We got those turkey hats in. Those things are pretty slick. Well, we got a lot of hats in. So we have, right now, dude, we have four different hats. We've got the original olive drab uh, leather patch hat. We've got those Southern Outdoorsmen uh, blaze orange and bordered hats. And new, new for the Southern Outdoorsmen, we have the uh, Bottomland Turkey Foot Low Profile Unstructured Hat, which are freaking sweet, dude. Super comfortable. And again, it's that hat that a lot of guys have been asking us for, which is a low-profile hat, um, you know, kind of unstructured hat, which is super comfortable. And the cool thing is, as Andrew, you demoed on the Instagram story, uh, you can do your fly down with that hat instead of having to bring in an old turkey wing with you. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, it actually worked really well for that. That's how we called up three turkeys for you to miss a couple years ago. We did. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we we had hats like that same type of hat. We did. We didn't. We didn't even do a fly down cackle. We just did the wing beats, and man, they freaking they loved it. They gobbled at the wing beats, and we're like, oh yeah, it's about to happen. And then they came yep. in, and you missed them. And last but not least, we have uh, calling those ATA special hats. It's the uh, the um, sky blue um, uh, hat, structured hat, with the Southern Outdoorsman um, leather patch on the front, and then it's got the Stay Southern leather patch on the left side of the hat, uh, which is really really sweet, super comfortable hat. Man, that's all I've been wearing this whole weekend, dude. Had a couple people say it was a pretty slick looking hat that I did not know, so that was pretty sweet. Um, but yeah, so we got a couple new hats. Got a couple new hats in. Uh, the the turkey hat has been selling like freaking fire. So if you want one, you better message us and order one because uh, <laughs> they are going quick. It's pretty legit. Um, but anyways, no, we we appreciate everybody's support, uh, especially supporting us, supporting the hats. You know, kind of following along with us. Uh, you know, going at two years now, man. I can't believe it's been two years, but. Holy cow, man. Let's, let's, let's get another two years rocking and rolling. Yeah, that's right. Uh, wrap it up with that one. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. If you're still deer hunting, I hope you kill a nice buck. If you're not deer hunting, I hope you're squirrel hunting. And uh, stay tuned for a lot of turkey stuff coming up. Y'all go ahead and write down the dates, June 28th through June the 30th. Go ahead and just mark those off your calendar so you can be at the Dalton Convention Center in Dalton, Georgia for the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo. Y'all heard a a ton of content from that expo last year that we posted. Uh, We talked about it a ton. Look, if you're the kind of person that listens to this podcast, this show was literally made for you. It was literally designed for you, which means you're going to love it. You know, all the best companies in mobile hunting are going to be there. A lot of the best deer killers in the Southeast are going to be there. A lot of our past podcast guests are going to be there. It's just, it's going to be an incredible event. And hey, if you've been looking to either get into a saddle or maybe a mobile lock-on setup or just a different kind of tree stand setup, I'm telling you it's worth the investment to go to this show because they're all going to be there and you, you will get to try all of them in person before you buy it. So you don't have to order something online and then wait for it and then try it when it comes in to see if you really like it. You're going to get to go put your hands on everything all in one day, test it all out and figure out exactly what works best for you and have it taken care of before deer season starts. So like I said, go ahead and put it on your calendar, guys. It's a no brainer. You got to be at the show. Again, it's Friday, June 28th through Sunday, June 30th in Dalton, Georgia. We absolutely cannot wait to meet you guys there and talk hunting. So we'll see you at the 2024 Mobile Hunters Expo in Dalton, Georgia.